But it's good to sing, and I think, you know, if we can understand the power of singing, the power of the emotion, but, you know, there's lots of voices out there, there's lots of songs out there that you can sing that play on your emotions, but, you know, if you can get words that are truth in your life and sing them in your life, I think it's powerful because you can remember them, you know, you remember, you know, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it, you, you know it, you see, because you've sang the song and you know the tune, you can associate the music and the, the song with the words, so, but I'd encourage you to get music that has truth in it, right, get the truth that you can sing, because there's nothing more powerful than singing the truth from your heart. Because the Bible says, you, Jesus said, right, where do we go to worship? Remember, this year I'm doing Change the Game. So it's not about going to the temple, the place. It's actually about a lifestyle. And Jesus said to a lady, she said, you know, you, you go and worship in Jerusalem. And Jesus says, no, there's coming a time when you'll worship in spirit and truth. So what does that mean? That means your heart, your spirit, your heart, and the truth that's in your heart. So if you believe in Jesus and receive that truth, it is in your heart. So sing about it, praise God, and connect with God. You don't actually need, okay, you, don't, you, you can do it here, which I think is powerful, but you can do it on a Monday, right? And don't be weird and sing your songs around everybody. I'm a Christian, I know the truth. No, 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 be real, but sing it in your heart. Get the truth in your heart because it's powerful because that's how you connect with God through his truth and through his spirit. If you've not received the Holy Spirit in your life, the word of God, the truth in your life, you'll struggle to connect with God. So you need to really believe in Jesus first and then discover his truth. As you do that, you connect with the truth, you connect with God, and God begins to work in your life. And it comes through faith in Jesus Christ, faith in God, faith in what Jesus has done. And if you're struggling to connect, it's probably because you've not done that initial connection of trusting God at his word. You like that, don't you? So when you come to church, what you're here to do when we sing a song is to praise God for who he is and what he's done. As you you do that, you'll connect to the truth of what God's, and you'll feel a connection, you'll feel God's spirit in your heart, and something happened, God working in your life. It doesn't come from above, the dove from above, right? Remembers that. It comes from the truth. The truth, receiving the truth. It comes through the word, the message being spoken. Who will hear the truth if it's not spoken? It comes through the message, the word being spoken to you. Am I making sense? Trying to get you to understand the power of worshipping God on a daily basis. Get the habit of singing the song in your heart. You might not have a good voice, but listen, it doesn't matter before God. It's beautiful before him. So let's kind of... Just move away from that. Just, just a little recap on next week. Uh, Tim is speaking on Mother's Day. He's, gonna, he's been preparing very hard. I've seen his notes, actually, and he's prepared very, very hard. Right? So he's going to go. We've also got Aaron Partington from Liverpool. He's coming to speak the week after. So we've got a guest speaker. Invite somebody. He's a great guy. He's bringing a message on being courageous. And also he has an evangelistic spirit, really, which a gift to do that and, and to make people feel at home and welcome and respond to the gospel. So bring somebody along. Just wanted to let you know that. So this is part two. I've called this Spot the Difference Part Two. Last week I did Spot the Difference, the difference between inhaling and exhaling. So when you're reading, you're taking in that truth and then you're doing something with it, you can spot the difference between accepting that truth and doing something with it. This week we're looking at a Spot the Difference, which is to do with what, what we on the discipleship model called environments. Now, The weeks before, the inhale and the exhale, you choose what you do with the word of God. 
This is a little bit different. Because you know when you go outside, you can't control the environment. You wake up on a Monday morning, you don't get up and go, right, I'm praying for the sun today to come up. I'm going to control that sun today. I'm going to pull it out from behind them white things that float in the sky, and I'm going to make sure that it's shining today. I'm in control of my day. I'm in control of the weather. I'm in control of everything that goes on in my life. We're not, are we? So this really is about the environments that we find ourselves in, some of which, you know, we may choose to go into an environment so it's our choice, but other times they just happen upon us. And we can't determine the environments that we find ourselves in. You can choose some people you hang around with and some environments, but sometimes there's an environment we find ourselves in, we think, how have we got here? Has anybody ever been through one of those? So for some of you, you've had to go to school. Oh, I don't know, I won't go to school. No, you've had to go through the process of school. You've found yourself. Or you've had to get a job. I don't want to get a job. No, you've got to go and work. You've got to work the land. You've got to get some money. You have to go through in, into some environments. Or you lose your job. I didn't, I didn't plan that. Or there's a serious illness. Or there's a death. Some loss. Or there's a bad car accident. I didn't plan that. Unfortunately, we find ourselves in these environments that we can't control. We can't remove them out of our lives. Sometimes we face them on a daily, weekly basis. But there is one thing we can do. We're empowered to choose how we respond. And how we respond determines how we will grow through the process of the environment that we're in. You say, well, I didn't want that environment. No, no, no. And probably another million people in this world didn't want that environment. But you still have a choice how to respond to that environment. Yeah, but you don't understand how hard it is. I I, I don't because I didn't go through it the same as you. But I do know there's a way of coming out of it in a better way if you follow the word of God. So the environments that we find ourselves in, actually, they may not feel nice, but good can still come out of them. Does that make sense? And I think this is the, the power of a testimony or the power of somebody's story who goes through something and comes out the other side because they've stuck with their faith or they've stuck with their belief. You may say, well, they've not been in church. They still have a faith. They still believed in something other than what they're in and chose to get through it. And therefore now they have a hope in that situation. And I think that's the power of a testimony. I think sometimes we minimize our story. It's not as good as the drug dealer, or it's not as good as the heroin addict, or it's not as good as the prostitute who've been saved and radically changed. No, it's not. But you know what? Yes, it is. Because you've actually not been foolish enough to get yourself in that situation. You've probably been a bit wiser. Has God done something dramatic? Yeah. But God's doing something dramatic in you. God's transforming you in the small steps, one at a time. And you may never face some of them horrendous situations, but you'll face your difficulties and you'll face your environments. And you have a story to tell. You have a story to help somebody else along the journey. Can you see? See, if we're looking at discipleship, we must understand we are on a journey, but we're also here to help others on the journey. So let's not minimize our story 
but actually let's let's God let God use it for good and let it us use it to help others on this journey because we all need help. But you know, I, I think there's a great example of somebody who actually faces an environment in the Bible that Jesus uses a parable. So let's turn to uh, Matthew 7, 24 to 27. And this person, they face an environment or they face a weather that's actually catastrophic. So let's read what it says. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Many of you have heard this before. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. You don't want to be on that. You don't want to be building on that, do you? But how many of us actually do build on that? If we're honest, we build areas of our lives, not all of our lives, but areas of our lives on sand. We don't put them on God's word. And I think God wants to take us on a journey of actually encouraging us to trust in his word. These two people, whoever they were, they both built right a house. They both had a storm. The only difference is where they chose to trust, put their trust when they built it. So if you choose to trust in something that's not of God, you'll probably find at some point your life starts falling apart. Even though the external falls apart, the internal falls apart as well, and actually you begin to crash. Now, I know this may talk about an eternal perspective and trusting in God by the end of your life, that actually when your life ends, that you have a hope in Jesus. It, it, you know, refers to that of while of knowing God and what he has for you. But if you just think on a daily basis, the person who built it on a rock didn't fall apart. Start the storm, still had the same environment, still had a bad day, was probably holding on to the shutters and, you know, and, and the kids were scared inside the house and the heartbeat was going and wondered if the house was going to hold and will it hold and look at the bloke over the road, his is gone, he's falling apart, am I going to fall apart, the knees are shaking and all of a sudden, it just about gets through. Anybody have felt like that? I know I do some weeks and you think, how are we going to get through this? How are we going to get through it? And I thought it would be good to just look at some responses because I think sometimes we respond in a way that actually is like the fool. We all do it, if we're honest. But there's another way of responding like the wise man. And I think if, if you just take some of these with you, and as your week goes on, learn to spot the difference with how you respond. Do I respond like the fool or do I respond like the wise man? Am I putting my trust in the word and in God or actually am I putting my trust in the environment, the circumstances, is it consuming me? And various things that go on emotionally in our lives. So here's the first one for help us to grow, okay? Just before I put this up, what's the, what are we actually growing in? We're actually growing in faith and wisdom. So you are growing in your faith and your trust in God and you grow in wisdom. 
So the wise man, he obviously learned from somewhere, got some knowledge about the rock, and he understood about the weather, and he applied what he knew. He learned from his mistakes or somebody else's mistakes, and he did something with it. The fool didn't trust, didn't trust in what he'd seen or learned. He actually put his trust in his own ways. So we're here to grow in faith, trusting God, which has a practical outworking, and wisdom. So we learn from the things we get wrong, and we put the word of God in practice, which actually helps us to build our lives. So here's the first one, the difference between a fool and a wise man. The fool will blame, but the wise man takes responsibility. You say, I'm not a fool. Come on, we are. Let's be honest, we're all fools, right? But we can all get wise in God, right? And I think we all have days. Don't think it's them people out there who, no, 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 we all have foolish days. But if you learn to spot the difference, I think you'll grow in faith and grow in wisdom. I remember um, we had our new car a few years back. And I can say this because Sarah's not here. So don't grasp me up, please. She's, she's got an earache, by the way, and Gracie's got um, a water infection, so they're not very well, but they'll be okay. But here's the deal, I can say it because she's not here, right? I remember two years ago, I had a new car, and, and Sarah went out for the day, and you know, and, you know, it's, you know when you clean your car, like, meticulously, because it's brand new, every little, is it just me? And then you kind of sit back a little bit, it doesn't matter, the, kid, the kids get the, the feet dirty, and I'm like, don't get your feet on the seat! Now they just jump in, the dog's in and everything. I'm like, we'll clean it, don't worry. But you know, when you get it, it's like, it's so precious to you, isn't it? It's a new car or something that's precious. And the phone call comes. Hiya, are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm thinking, what's up? She said, you know the car? Yeah, the new one. Yeah, I've just gone to the doctor's and um, I've had an accident. I'm thinking, are you wet yourself? What do you mean? What do you mean you've had an accident? And as soon as she said it, I thought, oh, I know what's coming. Now, I, straight away, my mind went back to when I was 17 and crashed my mum's car. So I thought, I can't say anything. I, I'm a, I wrote the thing off, you know. So I can't say anything. I just got to have a little bit of patience with it. So she says, I've had a little accident. Somebody kind of put a post in the way. I was like, what, were they putting it there whilst you were driving? She says, no, actually, it's your mum's fault. And then, now you're going from moving post to the mother-in-law. Dangerous ground. This is deadly ground. She said, no, your mum was at the doctor's, and she waved to me as I came round the corner, and that made me not see the post. And I'm like, you're driving the car. No, it was your mum's fault. See, initial reaction, we laugh about it now, but our initial reaction was, you you blame somebody else, don't you? Come on, we do, don't we? Because we think it reflects bad on us, and we're a bit scared or a bit insecure, so initial reaction is, we'll blame somebody else, it's nothing to do with us. You know, and I rang the insurers, and they said, you know, what's happened? And I said, oh, my wife drove the car, and, you know, and I said, but it's my mother, it's a mother-in-law's fault. And they went, you are? I said, yeah, I know, I'm not believing it either. He, he said, who was driving the car? Your mother-in-law. I said, no, my wife was driving the car. And here's the deal, right? With the, what the, with the fool, he blames. It's their fault. Well, you, you don't know what I went through in life. No, I don't. But it's no good keep blaming the past. It's no good keep blaming the environment. And, and yet, listen to my heart here. I'm not saying it wasn't difficult. 
And we have to give people room and space to go through difficulties and express their pain and their grief and loss and let go. But ultimately, the only person who can change in this now is you. And if you keep holding on to the past and the environment and the difficulties, then you'll live there. And it'll scar you for the rest of your life. And you'll carry it with you for the rest of your life because you just keep blaming the past, blaming the other person, blaming the situation. Or you can respond how God wants you to respond. You can forgive. You can choose to let go. Go through a process of healing, helping rebuild you from the inside out. And before you know it, you'll be in a new place, in a different place, and you'll be able to help people out of them situations who are now in captivity and going round and round like fools and don't even realize it. See, the wisdom of God, the word of God, doesn't want us just to remain in there. He wants us to come out and grow and mature just like Jesus. That's what the word's there to do, to help us. How do we respond to this? How do we respond to life? How do we respond to this terrible situation? Do what the word says. So, you know, on a daily basis, just watch how you are. Do you blame the person and moan and complain about them and gossip about them? Or do you take responsibility for your own words and your own actions where you're going in life? The wise man didn't blame the foolish man. He chose to put it where he chose. Yeah, but all them are putting it on sand. No, 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 no. I'm going to put it on a rock. Because I trust the rock. I trust the word of God. So you may respond like that. You may live like that. But I ain't doing it. I'm putting it on the rock. And the next one then. The fool repeats the mistakes. The wise man learns from the mistakes. We all, <laughs> come on, can I be honest? We all make mistakes, don't we? I remember the other day, I, I, I kind of went to pull, pull out of my street. And you know when someone just cuts straight across the junction? And you're like, I can't believe, you know. I can't believe they've just cut. You know, it wasn't just a slight cut. It was like, you know, it was like a big cheese slice off the, the corner. And I'm like, I had to break. And you think, I can't believe you do that. What an idiot. And then I looked and I thought, Actually, I've cut corners like that myself. Don't we? I cut corners. I thought he could have had an accident. And I thought, I wonder how many times I've done that and I could have had an accident. Am I actually learning from my mistakes? Or am I just being as much of a fool like he's been? And I know it's driving a car, but are there things in our lives where actually we just keep repeating the same things? We just keep blaming this person and blaming that person. And then we just keep doing the same things. We just keep getting the same results and we're not getting anywhere. Listen, if you want something different, you're going to have to change the game, change what you're saying, and change your actions, what you do. Breathe something different, exhale something different, and say, do you know what? I'm going to change this now. I've had enough of it. I'm not living in that environment. I'm not living in that culture. I'm going to move out from it. I'm changing this game. I'm making the same mistakes. I'm hanging around with the same people, the same words, and it just keeps going round and round and round, and it's not helping me, it's not profiting me, and actually, it's not giving me life. So I'm going to choose to learn from my mistakes. You see, if we're not teachable, then we'll never grow. We'll just think it's anybody else's fault and we don't want to change. You know, the, the, the seed, you plant a seed, it needs various conditions to grow in. You put it on the side at home, it won't grow. It needs water, and it needs the right location, and it needs something else as well. You know, our hearts, God is speaking to our lives with his word consistently, and he's speaking to it all the time. And, and wisdom is all around, as the Bible says. 
on a daily basis. And we have a choice whether we receive that wisdom as a seed. So our hearts, are, the location for that seed is our hearts. So we receive that word and we allow it to grow in our lives. How do we water that seed? By listening to the word of God, meditating on the word of God. So it's like the, the word it says is like a water that washes us. And it also nourishes the seed on a daily basis. So if you come to church and just hear the word and then don't think about it all week, you're going to see very little growth of that word in your life and change. But if you think on that word, what's my thing? What's my takeaway this week? What is God saying to me this week? How is he trying to speak to me through this? How am I going to be different? And what mistakes am I learning from? What am I thinking on constantly so that the word is actually being watered? Maybe I'm, the past is holding on to me and I'm not allowing that to wash the sin and wash the mistakes and wash the the, the hurt and the pain away so I'm not thinking on God's love and how much he adores me and how much he delights on me so it's not washing the word the other way for the word to break out of its shell is the temperature so the environment it finds itself in must be the right heat oh I don't want to talk about heat I just, I'm not an overseas boy I just like British weather don't, be, don't put me in the sun Listen, there's going to be, have to be a change of heat for it to be a change in your life. And sometimes there's a change in circumstances and the heat that's there can bring a change because it can force you to say, what do I believe on the inside? What do I believe? Do I believe this word or not believe the word? And sometimes it comes to that point in your life where you have to, almost at a crossroads, to say, do I actually believe in Jesus? Do I believe in the cross? Do I believe in the truth? Am I going to carry on? Or not? Is this okay? So we must learn from our mistakes. The next person for a fool is this. He expects to go wrong. You spot the difference? Do you live your life expecting to go, oh, I'm just going to make a mess? It's not a great way to live your life, is it? But I bet we do in some areas, if we're honest. But I encourage you to have a heart that's full of faith and full of trust and maintain a positive attitude. We're not talking about a positive attitude that covers everything up so we don't live in the reality because that isn't helpful either. Because if you look, the first thing I said is you you take responsibility, right? You learn from your mistakes, okay? You don't be all positive first and not live in the reality of what's gone on in your life and learn from them. This is about them maintaining a positive spirit, a positive heart, a positive attitude. Okay, we're going to have a go at it. Move on. Okay, another thing then is this. You expect, the fool expects never to fail again. You think, oh, I'm never going to fail. How many of us do that? I'm going to get it right this time. I'm never, ever going to let that happen to me again. It's not going to work. You know, I, when I took this church on, I remember the mistakes that had been made. And I thought, right, we'll learn from the mistakes. And I remember saying this in my heart. I am never going to let that happen to this church again. That sounds good, doesn't it? Sounds really good. Well, it's not biblical. It's actually quite dangerous because what it does is it puts me as kingpin and I'm the one who's in charge and I'll control everything that's here. It's called pride. And with pride comes a fault. 
I cannot guarantee that I won't make a mistake and I can't guarantee that you won't make a mistake. But I will choose to learn from my mistakes and allow God's word into my life so when I make a mistake, God help me. Therefore, I'm accessible and I'm teachable because I'm saying, okay, God, I'll try my best not to make a mistake. I'll get good people around me who will tell me if I make a mistake. But ultimately, I may make a mistake because we're not invincible. We're human. But the fool says, I'll never make a mistake again. You will make a mistake because you're human. But the wise person is aware that mistakes are part of progress. You want to grow. You don't want to be frozen in a place where, you know, I'll never, I'm never going to try anything because I'll make a mistake. Or you're in that place where you're isolated again is, I'm never going to make a mistake. I'll show them. They're both as bad as one another. Be aware that mistakes are part of the progress. Another one here, the fool accepts things blindly. Oh, I just believe that. I just believe it. Because they said it. I mean, Facebook is wonderful for it. They put false pages on and everyone's like, whoa, Luke, what's that? And then somebody else puts on five minutes like, that's a fake page, by the way. Oh, I knew that. I knew that. I knew it wasn't right. Well, why did you like it then? Come on. Are we going to actually dig into what we believe for ourselves or believe what the next person tells us? Well, build on the sand. Everybody else builds on the sand. Sand's great. It's soft. You can build sand castles with it. Oh, it's wonderful. Oh, sand's wonderful. Look. <laughs> Falls apart. A bit of water. Okay, so challenge outdated assumptions. It's about your maturity. And growing up in what you believe. The other one, next one is this. The fool is limited by the past mistakes. Oh, I just can't have a go. You don't know what happened to me. Where the wise person takes new risks. Well, I know it hurt, but come on, there's a new life for you. I, can't, I struggle with relationships now. I understand that to a point. We've all been hurt by relationships. But if you don't cross the barrier and try a new relationship, if you don't try and trust, you'll, you'll just always live isolated. Come on, there's a new thing for you. Are you somebody who's limited by the mistakes or are you someone who says, do you know what, I'm going to have a go with that. I can pick and choose. I, I can choose whether I say yes or no. You, know, you don't have to do everything. But if you're limited by saying yes to something, you'll never try anything new. You know, business people, they know if they're going to do well in business, they're going to have to try something new. They're going to have to have a go at something. Otherwise, they're just going to be limited by the past. Try something new. The next one is this then. The fool thinks, I am no good. Me, I build my house on sand. I am no good. Whether wise person believes that the something is not good. So, for example, if you have a go at driving your car and you crash the car and then for your first attempt or you fail your driving lesson, you take that to heart, I'm no good. Because they passed first time and I'm going to have to go second time. So I'm no good, am I? That's not true. You are good. The Bible says you're made in the image of God. You're made in love. God loves you. God died for you. You know, put, put your, your faith on the word of God, not on the circumstances or the environment or the mistake that you made. See it as a mistake. It's a something. It's a thing. It's a task. It's not who you are. It's not personal. Things do get personal. People get personal. They remember your detail, your mistakes. They remind you. 
But God wants to get even more personal to help you understand that he loves you, that you're made in his image, that you're good. Yes, you make mistakes. Yes, you're a fool at times. Yes, you're a sinner. But ultimately, God keeps cheering you on in the faith to keep trusting in him, growing in wisdom, and learning from him. Am I no good? The thing that you did might have not been good, but that's not who you are. Don't let it define who you are. Don't let the environment define who you are. Don't let the test results define who you are. Don't let the exam define who you are. Don't let the job define who you are. Don't let the... um, I was going to say when you lose your job. Redundancy define who you are. That's not who you are. You are made in the image of God. You are loved. You will make mistakes. Pick yourself up, dust it off and say, right, what's the next thing we're on with? There's more to life than getting stuck in the environment and letting dictate to you who you are. Just believe the thing didn't work. I'll learn from it and I'll move on. And the next thing is this. I'm just watching time. Is this the fool quits. I've had enough of this. I just want to get out of here. I'm a Christian. Get me out of here. I'm a businessman, get me out of here, right? I just had enough, you don't understand the pressures, it's not working. But the wise man, I'm going to go again. That might not have worked. I might have made mistakes, but I'm going to learn from it. But I'm going to go again. And if it works next time, brilliant. If it doesn't, I'm going to dust it off and I'm going to go again. Spot the difference. See, there are, there are plenty of spot the differences for you there this week. Are you a person who blames or are you going to take responsibility for your life? Are you a person who repeats mistakes or are you going to learn from your mistakes? Do you expect things to go wrong? And there's nothing wrong with looking out and managing mistakes and saying, oh, that might go wrong and, you know, we can learn. And, you, know, you need to have some wisdom and discernment there. But ultimately, are you, is your heart filled with doubt and unbelief and negativity or are you going to maintain a positive spirit? Do you expect never to fail or are you aware that failure is a part of progress? Do you accept things blindly? Do you say you're no good? Because the situation wasn't good. And it's actually tried to mould you. I think I've got a message on that, breaking out of the mould. I'm going to do it in three weeks' time. How to break the mould over people's lives. Do you need to persevere? We need to persevere in the faith. It's so easy to quit church. So easy to quit the faith and say, I'll, I'll just go back and live the way it's easier. I'll just go back and live. I could do whatever I wanted. Following Jesus is hard work. Yeah, but it's better for you. And it's more fruitful. And it's more enriching. But some of us have to push, push through to discover it. So, them are the difference between the wine and the wise and the fool. And you can spot the difference with those. But here, for me, these are my three personal things that I think have helped me get through seasons that have been difficult. And I say seasons because life is full of seasons. You may be in a difficult season and we have to give people space for a difficult season in church life. But you will come out of a season, go into another season, which is a better season. Well, depends how you perceive better season. (laughs) 
Good success in the eyes of us doesn't mean it's success in the eyes of God. And actually, we can become uh, complacent when we're successful because our environment is better for us and we're more comfortable. So we think, actually, it's better for us. But God probably looks sometimes and thinks, actually, is it more better? Isn't it not more better when you're in a challenging environment? Because actually, you seek me and you begin to think seriously about your life. Come on. Most of us freak out when it gets hard work. Where's God in this? God hasn't moved. God hasn't changed. He's still the same God, same loving, faithful God who is consistent and good. We freak out because our emotions go up and down and backwards and forwards and around and inside out and to the sick place and this, you know, the depths of the darkness that's within us and we think, what is going on here? And God hasn't changed. So these are three things that have helped me personally get through this season. And, and, and I've had to learn by going through a season to actually get some of these. So the first one is this. To get you through a season, you need a bigger perspective. The environment, when you're just in the environment that you're in, you can become isolated by that environment. You think that's the be-all and end-all of your world. My world is falling apart. You don't understand. It's a mess, right? But here's the deal. God sees a bigger picture. You need to find people in that season who understand the bigger picture of this journey of discipleship. You may be in a difficult situation, but God knows somebody who's got through that situation and has a testimony and a story that can actually help you through this season. And if you still hold on to your faith, he will send you somebody at the right time in that season to encourage you to get through the season so that you can be built up and then help somebody else through the season again that you others are into. But you've got to get a bigger perspective. You only get a bigger perspective, first and foremost, by going through a season and understanding. I have an experience. I have a knowledge and an understanding of what that is to go through it. Secondly, the way, really, you'll only get a bigger perspective is by reading the word and understanding that God has a bigger perspective. It's not about your isolated incident. There's a bigger picture to this thing called life. And if you read the Bible, you'll see the bigger picture from the beginning to end to Jesus. Look at Jesus' isolated incident on the cross. Can you imagine how he was feeling on that day, the way he was being abused and the way he's being treated? This is God. God understands what it is to be in an isolated incident, but not make it the be-all and end-all so it consumes you. But understand there's a bigger picture to this. There's a power in you. There's a resurrection life in you that can get you through it if you'll just hold on to God and keep pressing on and keep trusting and keep receiving from God and allow that person at the right time to bring you a word, if you're teachable, to encourage you and water that seed in you again so you'll keep going and God's building you up into something that you never even thought you could. Yeah, but you don't understand how weak I feel. No, I don't. But I just knew, I know I've learned that God in your weakness is blinking amazing how he comes through in that season. So, understand there's a bigger perspective. Don't respond just out of your isolated incident and say, I'm quitting. Get to go through a season so therefore you can help others. You know, in this environment, there was two things that we put down as a team. The first one was our response to the circumstances. And the second one was key people in your life. They are not key people that you choose. This environment isn't what you choose. This is what God 
God uses for God. So the people that come to you, this is not who you choose, this is who God sends to you. Okay? If you're in faith, you believe in God, God will send you the right person in the right season that he has for you if you're open to learn and to receive. If you're able to do that, this is, this is the great news about this. When you go through a season and you learn something, you have such gems in you that are so rich that you can give to somebody else. So if you come to church, you can have an ear to hear and you're looking out for people and all of a sudden you think, I need to go speak to that person there. Can I just, how are you doing? Yeah. And it's not weird. It's not, this is a word from the Lord. It's none of that. Let's be real. Let's be normal. How are you doing? Great to see you. Yeah. Just want to encourage you in this. Because you just sense something in your heart, what somebody else has been through, and you can help them through that season. God uses you then as a key person for somebody else because you've been through the environment and you can help that person. But that is a following of God's spirit and saying, do you know what? I've, I've this is, I just, I'm going to step out by faith and just go and encourage this person. Does that make sense? And that's why I think stories this year, we're doing stories because stories are so powerful because, you know, the story helps us to understand that people get through when they keep trusting in God. So that's bigger perspective. The next one is this, continue to be faithful. You want to get through that season, there's only one way to get through that season. It's simply this, be faithful. There's no other way around it. Take responsibility for your life, your actions, and be faithful through the difficult seasons. Be even more faithful through the good seasons, because that's when you'll take your foot off the gas and think, I don't need God. But when the storm comes, if you've taken your foot off the gas, you'll be quickly clambering for God and thinking, what's going on? But if you are faithful in the good seasons and the difficult environments, when you get another difficult season, when you've put God in your life on a discipline, putting him in, trusting him on a daily basis, all of a sudden, when the difficult season and comes you'll go how am I getting through this how am I getting through this and people are going how's he getting through that how's he going through that how, how's his life like that and her life's like that but they're getting through but they're not probably because they've been faithful in the small and they begin to put God in their lives in the good seasons and the bad seasons be faithful and persevere that's the only thing I've found. Try and get a bigger perspective. Listen to people who've been through the season go, all right, it's that season. Yeah, you'll get through it. It's okay. They've got a confidence still in God. Don't lose your confidence in God. All right, that's so important. You know, you don't want to lose your confidence in God. People have been through seasons. They can help you. Secondly, you know, be faithful and persevere. It's down to you. You can't blame anybody else. Well, you don't know what happened in our church. I, I don't. But I do know one thing, you have a choice how you respond. I find God amazing, this almighty, powerful God, almighty over all things, then gives you the responsibility to choose. I just find it mind-blowing. You'd think this almighty God would have just programmed as, as like robots, so we just all work together and all get on. But he hasn't. He's empowered us as people to respond and partner with him. What an amazing, almighty, good, free God that we have. I just love him. So be faithful, person. Next one is this, the third one. And this is probably my favorite, is this trust that God brings good out of all things. You know, we know what Jesus, we read about what Jesus went through. I don't think we fully understand what he suffered for our sins. 
we get little glimpses of it. But we don't really get the, the full description and the pain and the agony of taking on the sin of the world. Yet in that, you look at it from a human point of view and you look at the cross and the disciples must, and you think, what the heck is God doing here? Yeah, but when you have the bigger perspective and you understand what's the other side and you understand the power of God and the glory of God and what he was doing, God was working it all together for good. You say, yeah, but you don't understand the environment. Look how bad it looks. Yeah, but God was using it all for good. And there's many stories in the Bible, many testimonies, that God takes people through seasons, takes people through environments, and he uses it constantly for good. Hold on to that God is good. God is good and he doesn't change. And there is an enemy that tries to take that from you, to sow a seed into your heart that says, yeah, but God is like this. And it's been from the beginning of time. Is God really like that? Yeah, but I don't feel good. But that's not from God. That's your feelings of how life's affected you. You know, when I get up in the morning, I know pretty much what the weather's like. I'm, I'm not super powerful, by the way. I've not got super gifting to... I just, you just know. Because you can feel it. How, how, how do I know it's cold? You go outside, you know it's cold. How do you know it's cold? Well, you know it's cold because you've experienced it before. If you'd never experienced cold before, you'd go, ooh, what's this? This is strange. But at some point in your life, your senses picked up what cold felt like and then programmed in your brain that experience back then. So now when you go into colds, you go, oh, cold. I know cold, that's okay. Here's the deal. When we grow and we go through things in life, we get programmed inside to associate difficulties or environments that actually we go, I can't go into that environment because it hurts. God wants to reprogram you from the inside to trust that he is good and brings good out of all things. Yeah, but you don't know what it's like having a new job. No, I don't. But God wants to take you into somewhere else and reprogram you and make you new from the inside out. If you're willing to step out, if you're willing to, you know, put your faith in God, God can renew you from the inside. Well, let God reprogram you. Let God renew you with his goodness and his mercy from the inside out. There's nothing that's not impossible for God. You know, Paul the Apostle, I'm going to finish with this in time. Paul the Apostle, um, he went through some horrendous situations. And I'm sure he had to do some reprogramming from his experience. It says in 2 Corinthians 11 verse 4, it says, Five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. Can you imagine if I got them each week? If I came to church and said, last week I had 39 lashes, guys. You'd be all like, what's he done wrong? What's he done wrong? He's not a very good pastor. He must be out of order. Paul gets 39 lashes, right? Five times. <laughs> Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. 
three times I was shipwrecked. Can you imagine if you came to church? I've been shipwrecked this week. Ben's missing. Where's Ben? He's off shipwrecked. And then we come back two months later, Ben's missing again. Where's Ben? Shipwrecked again. Blinking, inking, must be something not right with him. And then he's not here again. Three times Ben's been shipwrecked. There's got to be something wrong with him. So God, something wrong in there. Something not quite right in his life if that's coming on him. <laughs> and then he says, and a night and a day I spent in this deep, in the sea. So he spent a whole night and a day just floating out in the sea. <laughs> All right for you surfers. And he says, I have been on frequent journeys in dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers from false brethren. And he goes on to say he's been betrayed by those who are close to him. Listen, you know, Paul writes those words that God, we got it, Romans 8, 28, God we know that in all things, come on, all things. You say, you don't know my environment. I don't, but I just know what God promises. God promises to bring good out of all things. They work together for the good because it's God working in them. God works together for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. This is a man who's been shipwrecked three times, been beaten five times with 39 lashes. This is a guy who can still in his heart declare that God is good and he continues to bring good out of all of this that he's gone through. And I want to encourage you, church, no matter what you go through, don't give in. See the bigger picture. Learn from being a fool and become wise And I'll guarantee that God will build you from the inside out. And he'll use you to help others. I'm going to read this last scripture and finish because I think I want to give Jesus all the glory so we put our faith in Jesus and sing a song about Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 3, 10 to 11, it says this, According to the grace of God, this is Paul, that is being given me. Like a wise master builder... I laid a foundation and another is building on it. But each man must be careful how he builds on it. For no man can lay a foundation other than the one that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. There is no other foundation, there is no other hope in the world that is able to save you from your sin. We are all fools. We've all gone astray. But when we put our faith on in Jesus as our foundation, God is able to rebuild you. God is able to restore you and bring good out of all things. Let us just bow our heads and pray. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you didn't give up on us. We thank you, God, that you saw the bigger picture and that you've never given up on humanity. You've never given up on the fools of this world, but you've continually sent a message out to us 
through Jesus Christ, forgiveness of sins who died on a cross. And God, forgive us when we've been fools. But help us to be wise. You know, and if you're here this morning and, and, and you don't um, know Jesus Christ, um, I want to encourage you in your heart to believe in Jesus. Jesus promises forgiveness of sins. He promises a new life. And he also promises eternal life. And there is no other promise in this world like it. There's no other God in this world that has come and died on a cross for the forgiveness of your sins and conquered death. I've not discovered one and I've not heard about one. But I do know and I can testify in my own heart and there are many in here who've trusted in God's word and God's promise and have been made right with God through Jesus Christ so that you can now have a peace in your heart your foundation can be right and you may have attended church several times but actually not accepted the truth and Jesus as your foundation you know there's no condemnation in God when God calls, you know, calls us a fool he does it for our own sake he wants us to learn from it he loves us but there's no condemnation he loves you he wants you to know him and live a different way so Father I just pray for people in here if there's anybody here this morning as I pray this prayer they can pray it in the hearts Jesus we thank you for your life we accept you for the forgiveness of our sins and we choose to put you as our foundation we choose another way we trust in you that you understand more than us and that you are good and you bring good out of all things